know what the best thing about not having a job is? I'm serious here. It's only having four shirts. This like seriously addresses the problem of laundry, which has been a bane of my existence. Back in the day when I had a corporate gig, I had to have at least 15 shirts in the rotation to make sure that my coworkers didn't think I had some kind of mental disorder going on. And uh, now, you know, the only people who know I wear the same thing every day are like the Starbucks baristas, and those people wear the same thing every day too. I, I think we should probably get to a podcast. Yeah, buddy, you've downloaded Tropical Talk Radio, where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, travel, and lifestyle. If you're interested in more about this program, check out tropicalmba.com. And if you sign up for our mailing list, I will personally send you 50 free podcast episodes that take you along on our journey and expose the insider story on how we started a million-dollar, honest-to-goodness product business while we traveled the globe. All right, good people of the internet, welcome to the Tropical Talk Radio Podcast, the podcast I started so I could swear and stop editing the Lifestyle Business Podcast. You can subscribe to us in iTunes, give us a review ski. Uh, a lot of the people that came to the Tropical NBA, they were the super fans, man. So if you're not a super fan, maybe you know you can flip this thing off. It's not going to be as useful maybe as our traditional show but the idea of Tropical Talk Radio was so when I met interesting people, I could flip on that mic when I've got some ideas I can share with you. And now I've decided to add a little bit something else to the format, which is this is going to be a weekend podcast, you know, because the weekend is a really important time for the hustlers. Because if you got a job, Friday night is when it's your time to shine. You're driving home. You're listening to some podcasts in your car and you're thinking, what am I going to do to crush it to change my life this weekend? If you're an entrepreneur, the weekend's a time where you outwork your competition. If you're crazy like me, you sit around and you're thinking, that guy's at his kid's soccer game right now and I'm outdoing his PPC campaign or whatever. That's if you're crazy like me. I'm not saying you're like that. Also, if you're an entrepreneur, the weekend is a great time for you to kind of step back from your business and to reevaluate what you're doing. Friday afternoon, between 5 and 6 p.m., I get reports from all of my employees. And that's when I, I sort of put that into my brain and I think about what's going on in our company and I spend the weekend thinking about how I'm going to change their direction, if at all, start Monday morning. So, actually, this is a weekend show. All right, this is, this is Friday night. I'm putting this out Friday night. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to pop open a Tiger beer. I don't think you should open a Tiger beer because you probably should open a, a Diet Coke or something. Today we're going to talk about six tips for new launch strategy. As many of you know, I recently started uh, putting out these Tropical MBA in-person events, and they've gone really well. We've done two launches. Um, we just launched, I guess, launching is a word I want to get away from, but let's just let's use it for now. We launched this week, and right now there's four spots left. So, I mean, it's in terms of, of raw dollar value, it's been super successful for our company, and I'm hoping that we're delivering tons of value. In fact, if you stick around to the end of the episode, depending on how long I, I run my mouth here, we are going to run an interview or two of, uh, I, I don't want to call them students because they're the, the entrepreneurs that came to our in-person event and that we helped them for two weeks sort of build out their business. Um, part of what we talked about there is how to launch products, and, and that's what I'm going to go over here. So let's talk about uh, uh, six tips that I've got for, for launching. A lot of people, one of the biggest questions people ask me is, is when are you ready to launch? How do you know when you're ready to roll out that product? And for me, there's a simple combination. It's when you can articulate a compelling bundle of features for a price 
that people say they are willing to pay for. Do you guys remember that Lifestyle Business Podcast where Ian and I literally went on the air? We laid out a group of, uh, of features of the product. We said it's going to be $2,000. We said it's going to be in the Philippines. We said this, this, and that, and boom. We put it out there, and we didn't have the product. And, I mean, if you put out the right price point that's going to have the right value point for your, your target audience and for you from an operational point of view, I mean, you can pretty much get anything strung together if people step up to the plate and say they're willing to do that. Now, of course, all of this depends on having an audience. And I think a lot of the reason people are so dogmatic about this launch, launch, launch strategy is that they don't have an audience component to their business. And I think that this is so critical. You know, there's a difference between having a lot of business coaches use the analogy between hunters on the one hand and farmers on the other hand. And to me, it's obviously much more effective to take a farmer strategy. You know, so you don't want to be launching, which is sort of like a violent, it's a violence, it's a, it's a hunter metaphor, right? What you want to be doing is sowing. You know, you want to sell to people in such a way that by the time you're selling, I mean, look, these four spots left, do I really need to, to tell you guys that you're dumb if you don't take the spots? I mean, I feel like we've laid out the opportunity for people. We'll definitely sell those four spots um, because of the fact that we've got a built-in audience and we're building the product based on what people said that they wanted to us. That, to me, is a long-term view. So if you feel like by the point that your product comes out that you still need to use some kind of warmongering metaphor, it means that you haven't done enough sewing farming, cultivation up front. Let's talk about one myth that people talk about to that end. What most people do is they spend time and energy developing affiliates. Your best affiliates are going to be your customers. That's why instead of talking to other publishers online, you should be talking to your target audience. Find a way to do that, whether it's videos, podcasts, blogs, Twitter, Facebook. Find a way to talk to your target audience and ask them what they're going to want. If I do this, will you guys pay me? You only need a target audience once to say of one person to say, "Hey, if I uh, were to do these five, you know, white hat SEO things every month for your websites, would you pay me two hundred ninety-seven dollars?" That's that's an audience of one, and that's a that's the kind of conversation that we're talking about. One of the things that I see people really getting confused about um, when it comes to products is especially when they first launch a product they really focus on the benefits this benefits versus feature thing i think is a double-edged sword people always say that the benefits are more important than the features but i see that as well down the line that like benefits is an optimization it's not a way that you build out a product the way that you build out a product is focus on the features when you focus on benefits you can often be presumptuous about what it is your audience wants. I've seen some launches by some relatively experienced internet marketers lately that absolutely flopped. And it was because, I mean, they weren't clear about what the features of their product were. And they were super clear about a set of benefits that I actually didn't think were that beneficial. And and, and some of them were a little bit presumptuous and even offensive. Like I didn't want those particular things. What I wanted to know clearly were the features of the product. So I just encourage you to, to be careful about the benefits, uh, you know, overemphasizing the benefits because you can A, be presumptuous and, and B, you might be a little bit unclear to yourself about what the key features are. 
So I think especially with your first group of customers, you want to focus on the features that are going to be compelling to them and then ask them, you know, what precisely is that going to deliver to your life and your business and, and start to draw out those benefits as sort of a secondary consideration. One other tip I want to give you is, and we talked about this earlier, is just consider that over-launching is an indication that your product isn't powerful enough. So, you know, a lot of times with these, like, sort of, these, like, I got to get a bunch of my affiliate partners, and I got to do all this, and I got to get a bunch, you know, that's great and everything, but it can often be a sign that you're, you're on the hunt instead of on, on, on uh, building the farm. Because your best affiliates in a long-term sustainable business are always going to be your customers. So I think the better question to ask yourself when you're, quote, launching a product is what can I do for my initial group of customers so that over time they're going to become my best customers or my best affiliates rather. One quick tip thing that I learned over the course of the launch from the Tropical MBA, which I don't have a direct split test on, but I'd like you to consider when you do a launch. The great thing about having an audience is that your audience sort of gets to participate and see how the launch goes. If there's any way that you can bring your target audience into your launch and let them participate in a fun and simple and in a a way that provides value to everybody, I'll tell you the way that we did it. For the first events we ran, we allowed people on the early action list to go to a request form. And it it was only five radio buttons or whatever, but they got to choose which date, if they were thinking about being a customer, which date they would prefer. And you can imagine this had an amazing um, uh, piece. You know, the, the value here is three part. Number, number one, um, when people get moving based on a simple request, they're much more likely to consent to a higher level request. So if I say, hey, hey, can you, you know, go to this form and, and fill out like which date you want me to do this thing? Now it's like, will you buy it? You're much. You're more likely to buy it. This, that, you know, I don't know if that was the case in this particular product, but I mean, that's there's psychological research behind that idea. I think the second thing that's interesting about it is that they get a sense of ownership about your product. Like all of a sudden, they're helping you to define what your ultimate product is going to be. And number three, of course, you get that market information. If you're asking them a question about, hey, do you want this product to be about like white hat SEO or gray hat SEO? Obviously, or do you want it to focus on what we emphasize one or the other? I think I see so little of this in launches and I think it's a great technique. You can do it with a simple woo-foo form or just, you know, don't have them opt in and do all this crazy stuff. Just something real simple where they can, boom, just click something and all of a sudden they're participating in that product that you're building out for them. Anyway, I just wanted to bring up, you know, some of the thoughts that I had about, you know, the maybe sort of an alternative view on product launches because everybody seems to be talking about launch, 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 and it's it's this compelling idea, and maybe people make money by telling you how to launch, and so that's one reason that it's a little bit overemphasized. But the I think the one lesson is that when I see new people, and you know, obviously there's a new a lot of new bloggers and internet marketers and and uh, all, all kinds of online publishers getting into this launch game, and so when they when they first come out of the gate, because of this overlaunch syndrome or whatever, where the primary focus I see people in is like building hype and building affiliates and having this big compacted launch. I would encourage you not to do that. That's not the winning strategy that I'm seeing from behind the scenes with the guys that are making a real living, living anywhere on the planet. What they're doing is they're building products that have evergreen potential conceptualize your product if you could never launch. Let's say you could never launch. What would you have to do 
to build out that product in such a way that your customers start selling it for you, start bringing new people into your sales funnel. I want you to think about that. Another thing I want you to think about is the type of work that goes in up front. I think part of the appeal of the launch process is like, well, hey, all I got to do is get five people to mail for it and I get this awesome sales letter and boom, I'm in business, right? With the Dynamite Circle, I think, trying to think of what the time frames were, quite a long time. I, I posted a blog post starting a free mastermind group um, and, and there was five or six of us on a phone call and that evolved up to about 10 guys for a few months. Then I threw a party in the Philippines for free in June and it wasn't until September that I started charging for the Dynamite Circle. So I want you to think about that. That's from January to September, I was doing free work. I was sewing that field. Now the Dynamite Circle has 350 members. That's a paid, that's a paid community. So, um, you know, people underestimate, and, and, and people say the most absurd things, especially new marketers. Ah, uh, you know, I don't want to have to do anything that doesn't scale or whatever. I don't want to have to do things manually. I don't want to have to be involved in the product. And, and whenever people give me that speech and they don't have a business going, I just want to say, what are you talking about? Like, who, what, are what? Uh, it's like, it's unbelievable to me the presumption that you don't really have to do anything and you make a bunch of money. Once you get to the point where you're the boss and you're making a ton of money, fine. You know, you can peel the cream off of the top, right? And that can be leveraged and scalable and you don't have to be involved. When you've got an incredible amount of credibility, wealth, audience, whatever that is. But when you're just getting started out, look, you know, I had a pretty successful business at the time last January. We were doing okay, you know, had a million dollar a year. And I'm still in there for seven months hand-holding every single thread, every single member, throwing free parties. And, um, you know, that wasn't necessarily part of, the, of a grand vision and a plan. But it's that mentality of, of, of trying to serve people and trying to create something great for people and having it matter. Because people are just going to send a bunch of money your way. I don't know who gives out this idea. These launch guys, I guess. Anyway, speaking of, uh, of the real Shaz, I'm going to share with you a couple entrepreneurs who joined me um, here in the Philippines in June for the June event. And I uh, just want to give you an idea of, of different kinds of businesses that are just making it work. Both of these guys, I just got an email from JP. I was just on the phone with him the other day. Um, he quit his job. Congratulations. Uh, amazing JP. He's moving to China uh, and he's going to be traveling the world and running his e-commerce store. And Colin already quit his job and he's making plans to be traveling the world as well. And, and these guys are just really inspiring. They're cool because they're just getting started. And, uh, you know, they're guys that uh, inspire me and Hopefully, they'll inspire you. So, thank you for joining me for the Tropical Talk Radio. One quick thing. Um, if you want to join me for the Tropical NBA, like I said, there's four spots left. So, if you if it's Friday, Saturday night or whatever, if you want to talk to me this weekend, fine. Write me an email. Say, let's get on the horn, Dan. I got four spots to sell. I'm willing to do anything to fill out that group um, because the price point's low, right? So, it's only $2,000. So, I need to sell this thing out. So, I want to move these four spots. Let me know what I need to do to do it. The second thing, if you go to tropicalmba.com, whatever this, this is the, the 13th podcast, if you go to this uh, blog post, there's a cool little uh, thing called speakpipe.com. You can hit record on there, right? All you have to do is hit the record button and you can, you can record yourself on my website and then you can see if it sounded good and if it does, you can email it to me and then you're on the show. You, on this show, thousands of people listening to your question, to your message, so, you know. I'd like to hear from you. Thank you for listening to Tropical Talk Radio. I'll see you next weekend, hopefully, to inspire uh, some massive progress.
productivity over the weekend while everybody else is lounging around watching football or something. All right, guys. Cheers. JP, we've been hanging out for two weeks at the Tropical MBA, the inaugural Tropical MBA. And you have a bit of a distinction here, JP, because you've made three sales at the event from a brand new business that you put up. Congratulations. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an amazing experience. Um, it's what I wanted to, you know, one of the goals I set to do is to come here, start a business and make a sale. And I made three sales. So it's nuts. Yeah. One of the reasons that, you know, you've been successful, obviously you're a really smart dude, but you have a really clear value proposition for your startup. So let's talk quickly about your startup. What do you do? Okay, so the startup is ProTeethGuard.com, and it's basically a friendly e-commerce site for people to buy mouth guards to protect their teeth from teeth grinding at night. Usually people get it from the dentist, and what happens is a dentist then takes it and gets it made in a dental lab, and it I happen to know this because my mom owns a dental lab in California. <laughs> yeah, so the dental lab makes everything and then, you know, bills the dentist for a fraction of the cost that the patients end up paying, which is like $400 or more. Um, so what we've done here is we've taken, you know, taken this whole business and put it online so people have access directly to the source, basically the professional labs that make these, you know, make these mouth guards. And as a result, um, they get service directly from the source and they get to save. So now a lot of people online are talking about following their passion and stuff. And I'm going to assume that you're not passionate about teeth grinding, but you've got an edge in this marketplace. I mean, what would you do if you didn't have um, your mom worked for um, these kinds of labs? Obviously, you've got an edge here. What would you say to somebody who says, oh, yeah, JP, well, you know, you've got a, a secret piece of knowledge about this particular industry. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you do need to have some sort of advantage, right? You, you shouldn't just get into a business, business because you think it will make money and, you know, um, you don't know anything about it. You, don't, you can't really provide your customers with more value than what's already out there in the market. So if you don't already have some sort of advantage or some specific knowledge, I would encourage people to you know, niche down and get to know a particular yeah. uh, industry or a particular niche. And so, you've actually done this before in the past, right? <laughs> right. So do you mind sharing with us? Like, I mean, this isn't your first swing at the ball. Right, exactly. Um, the first swing at the ball is actually quite haphazard. Um, it was me and a buddy, you know, drinking a beer, um, a high school buddy of mine. We both sort of got out of college, working the job, but was we weren't passionate about our full-time jobs, and we wanted to start a business. So we kicked around, must have been a dozen ideas, and we just never really got going on anything. So we're just like, come on, let's let's just settle on one idea and let's do it. So... Yeah, after after just, you know, spitballing for a while, we're like, oh, well, why don't we sell condoms online? That seems, <laughs> that seems pretty doable. Like You've been a popular guy. <laughs> yeah, and well, it's... how's the condoms store been working out for you? And it's done quite well. So we basically, when we saw the market opportunity was, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of online condom stores that already existed, but none of them really served Canada very well. And shipping through the border to the U.S. was a big pain in the ass. So we basically just said, hey, let's start an online condom store and make, make it a great site and serve just Canadians, a very specific small niche. Um, and it's grown many fold over, we've been running it since 2009. And every year, um, you know, we've, we've seen like 
significant growth. One of, the, one of the things I've noticed about watching you work here the last two weeks is that you're just a guy who takes a lot of action fast. And you think if you put the condom opportunity in front of a lot of people's plates, they might feel worried that, you know, condoms, anybody can sell condoms. Like any, you know, store on the corner can sell them. But you saw it and you said, no, I'm going to put up a store and see how it happens. And a lot of stories happen like that. You just take action and, and stuff happens. And obviously you're a, a, an example of someone taking massive action and having it work out. Congratulations on the three sales. Question for you. This is your first time in the Philippines, right? Yeah, that's right. So how would you, like, I mean, what was your perception of the Philippines versus the reality of it for you? And how would you describe it to somebody who's never been here before? It's it's an adventure, like, for sure. I've traveled around Asia for a bit, but never Southeast Asia and never the Philippines. So I'd say I'm, I'm, I was somewhat prepared. You're sort of going where a lot of people haven't gone before. You sort of figure out the rules as you go. There's never, you know, a strict system for anything. You negotiate for everything. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's great for... It's, it's great for business people. It's challenging. Like, you come out here and you sort of test your own comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to, if I were to ask you to say, like, who would be somebody, because I was thinking about running more tropical MBAs in the future, who's the person that would benefit the most from it? Like, you know, what was somebody that you would look back to and say, you know, maybe that these, this type of person should come um, to the Philippines in this random place and, and, and hang out with a bunch of folks doing these, these internet businesses? Mm-hmm. I guess I'll speak from my own experience, and um, for me personally, I found great value in this, right? Um, you know, having sort of gotten my feet wet a little bit with uh, my own business before, so having a little bit of background, but definitely, you know, a lot of opportunities to learn more and grow, and coming here and meeting all of these people and talking to everyone, sort of like sharing ideas and chatting and and brainstorming, it's been great. Like, I feel like it's been sort of like a big leap forward in terms of my entrepreneurial thinking and understanding and maturity. Um, So I think someone who has a little bit of background in entrepreneurship, maybe, you know, dabbled and tried to like start one or two businesses before, they would they would find this to be sort of like a rocket boost for starting a new business. Excellent. So my question for you is now, you know, tomorrow you're flying to Hong Kong and you're going to do a little bit of traveling? Actually, just a couple of days and then I'm back in Toronto. Yeah. So what's your plan? Like, what would you say? How has is, how is your future trajectory been impacted? What's the next couple of years look like for you? Yeah, good question. So big changes in the future. Actually, at the beginning of this year, I had set out the goal to quit my full-time job and pursue entrepreneurship full-time and you know this these two weeks in Porto Galera at the Tropical MBA has just been that you know that boost that's been really great for me so I feel like you know I got a new business off the ground it's already making sales I've learned so much more made so many more connections I feel ready so uh, I'm gonna go back and probably wrap things up in a month or two and you know hit the road that's fantastic yeah (laughs) Well, that's the first I've heard that. Well, it's been an honor spending uh, two weeks with you, man. The way that you've taken action and um, put up what seems to be uh, a business that has amazing potential in such a fast time and uh, in the process been really generous with the rest of the students and sharing your knowledge. So thanks for joining us and uh, thanks for spending your time here on Tropical Talk Radio. Thank you for putting this whole thing together. It's been an amazing experience and thanks for having me on the show. Cheers. Cheers. JP inspiring stuff. We've got the whole lot of them linked to at this post at the Tropical MBA. There, you can also leave me a message, which will get you on this show. 
and you might be able to claim one of those four spots that's left. Feel free to hit me an email, dan at tropicalmba.com, or check out tropicalmba slash tmba. I'm also going to leave you guys with a little bit of inspirational music to get down to work. All right, have a great week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list. Check it out at tropicalmba.com. Get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do, plus give you those 50 free podcast episodes. If you want to say, hey, check me out on Twitter, at TropicalMBA. We'll see you soon.